Hey, everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us, we have... Katie French, and I'm Jose. Yay! <laughs> uh, Katie, thank you so much for joining us. We want to throw a quick trigger warning on this one. Uh, Paige, yep. want to take it away? Uh, it's all bad. Yep. Okay, cool. Glad we... Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I mean, Specifically, that's really child, child sexual abuse, murder, it's all bad. It's yeah. all bad. Yeah, that sums it up absolutely perfect. We are very lucky to be joined once again by Katie French. Katie, where can people find you? Find me on YouTube at Laugh Cry DIY, where I do DIY decor for cheap whores. Uh, you can <laughs> go to my website, katiefrench.com, see if I'm doing shows, see if I'm drinking in public, you know. Hell yeah. Or in do private thing. Do your with thing. a frozen pizza that miraculously <laughs> appeared in the middle of the yeah. episode. Yes. Because you at the beginning of the episode, you're like, I got a pizza in the oven. And then at one point, you just lifted a slice yes. to your face. And I was like, <laughs> when did it get here? <laughs> Yeah, she sleeps next to an oven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you so much again, Katie, for joining us. You were absolutely fantastic on this whole series. Um, and we're both fucking drunk. I'm drunk we're on both- a tequila in a can, <laughs> and you're drunk off of wine with ice cubes in it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm drunk babe. off of sadness. <laughs> exactly. Uh, before we get started, two pieces of... Uh, before we get started, two quick plugs. We have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast. Check out all the tiers and rewards that we have there. And also, uh, former host of the show, Andrea Gazetta, has a uh, Patreon now. You can go to at Andrea Gazetta on Instagram or at Sundress Comic on Twitter to check out uh, the links in her bio to see her Patreon and all the tiers that she has there. Go check it out. Go support. Fantastic artist doing some really, really cool things. And uh, you definitely don't want to sleep on it. Uh, and without any further, <clears throat> sorry, it's the tequila in a in a can. <laughs> without further ado, let's hop into the show. Hello, hello, hey girl. I'm gonna fucking <laughs> chug the rest of this yes. can tequila. <laughs> All right, I gotta mm. go find pizza therapy. Oh, every time I drink it, it makes me pop and lock. Don't drink the Kool For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These, These are, are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us, we have Katie French, and I'm drunk. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Hell yeah. Drinking was necessary. It is vital. She's tipsy. She's mm. emotional. She's ready. <laughs> Um, I'm drinking tequila and salt out of a can again, baby. <laughs> this stuff's so good. Jeez. Uh, peek behind the curtain. We're recording this the same night we recorded part three. Oh my! We were God. not joking when we told you that we had to take a break for people <sighs> to uh, drink a bit. Yeah. This so. is fourteen percent alcohol by volume. Damn. Fourteen. And I've had three of them at this point. Oh my God! That's almost old enough to be one of the brides in this story. Oh no! Oh no! Oh. You know it's fucked I'm up. Sorry. That was my first thought too. But I was like, I'm not gonna <laughs> say yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> All right, so how how are we feeling? 
bad. Not yeah, great. no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, again, trigger warning. Uh, obviously, I yeah. know we talked about it last episode. Uh, the same goes for this episode. There is some dark shit in this episode. Definitely discussions of child sexual abuse. Uh, if that's going to be bad for you to listen to, don't listen to it. Yay. Yeah. The last episode, uh, again, to peek behind the curtain a bit, was so bad that each of us had to go and run and get our separate comfort food. Like when we came back in, Paige was at eating trolley gummy worms. Yeah, I was. I was, I was just into the microphone up, for ASMR. I was just like, straight up devouring French bread, regular ass <laughs> French bread that I was just dipping into olive oil in a bowl. And I found a frozen pizza that is currently popping in the oven. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Oh. All right. So without further ado, let's get into our sources. So we have the same documentaries as last time, Love and the Prophet and the Children of God uh, from TV Ontario, as well as the Children of God documentary from 1994, which you can find on YouTube. We have Not Without My Sister by Juliana Boring, Celeste Jones and Christina Jones. We have the family.org publications database from the Wayback Machine for Mo Letters because Mo Letters, Mo Problems, they are here mm. again. Uh, uh, we have... The People article, ex-member of Free Love Cult details child sex abuse and incest. We have the article from The Guardian, Life After a Sex Cult. Uh, we have the LA Weekly article, Remembering River Phoenix. So I've got the BBC.com uh, article, The Siblings Who Escaped the Children of God. We have the Rolling Stone article, The Life and Death of the Children of God Messiah. And then we have an HBO documentary called Children of God Lost and Found. And finally, SF Gate, Daughter of Family Founder Renounces His Religion. Are you ready? If I say no, do we still have to do it? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. This Sorry. is not a consent-based podcast. Yeah, that's fine. Then yes, I am ready. Oh, God. Okay. Whew. So last time, we covered Ricky Rodriguez and how he was raised in the group. And at this point in our story, he's coming into around his teen years, basically late childhood, early teen years. And he wasn't alone. There were other children around. And one of those children was David Berg's granddaughter. Her name is Mary Berg. She's known within the family as Mene. Now, her father was one of David Berg's sons. Uh, his name was Aaron. And right around the time that flirty fishing becomes a thing... Aaron actually dies by suicide at the age of 25. Oof. We don't know uh, the extent of abuse that he suffered prior to his death. I would assume some, given what we know about the rest of this group and everything. Um, but essentially, his passing leaves his daughter, Mary, known as Mene, to be raised by her grandparents, David Berg and Karen Zerbe. Ricky is really upset with the way that they treat her. And this becomes kind of a turning point in his attitude toward his parents because he was raised in this group. It is his norm. He doesn't know anything different. But he starts to feel conflicted about the differences in his treatment versus Mene's treatment. Because by the age of 11 in 1983, Mene was frequently given wine to drink and would watch adult videos at home because that's what was around. Oh, Paige, when you say I'm I'm begging here. When you say adult videos, do you mean stuff like um I do not. You mean like a family guy VHS? I don't mean pulp fiction. No. Oh, no. I 
I mean the the rough kind. Oh, yeah, you the mean not pulp good kind. friction? I mean pulp friction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Additionally, as she got older, David Berg had taken to sexually assaulting her from time to time, and they essentially didn't have a room for her so she slept in a walk-in closet that attached to his bedroom Uh, yeah yikes it was really upsetting uh now according to a couple different people who were in the group at the time and had interactions with them uh, they say that her first sexual partner was ricky and that essentially while she was definitely touched in an abusive way penetratively i i, I hate this oh, so god. much oh god uh and and that there was kind of this weird encouragement that they should have sex with each other so that she could get pregnant and they could like <gasps> keep it in the family because remember her so she is Berg's granddaughter, but Karen Zerby is not her actual grandmother. It's grandmother by marriage. So there's no blood relation between them. Uh, but okay. they, but like emotional ties, yes. Okay. Yes, emotional ties, and they want it for kind of like a spiritual reason where they no. think it'll make it like. Oh, no. A, X, a, X, a, no. <laughs> do we already out. need a palate cleanser? <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a no for me, dog. Okay. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> um, right. Um, yes. And Ricky didn't like this. Uh, I would imagine many didn't like it either because Ricky, I think, saw the way she was treated and was like, this is kind of messed up. I don't want any part in this, but I'm kind of being forced to have a part in this. God. Now, after that point, she was definitely being assaulted and abused by David Berg. A hundred percent. And Karen Zerby got jealous of her. She was worried that the granddaughter would become his new wife, which is a fucked up sentence psycho to even say. Psycho fucking bitch. Woo. Psycho fucking psycho bitch. Oh my God. And oh so my God. Karen Ugh. Zerby just starts physically abusing her. So her grandma, her grandmother by marriage is basically constantly torturing her. And then by night, her grandfather is raping her. It is Ah. bad on all sides. And one of the ways that Karen Zerby would, like, physically abuse her is that she kept telling people that she had a demon and would force her to undergo multiple exorcisms. I... (sighs) I just want to explain something really quick here. I screamed. That wasn't a bit. That was so no. traumatically upsetting. I watched your face. I'm so yeah. sorry. I just experienced the world's first emotional jump scare. <laughs> I am so upset. Yeah. Uh. Demons. Demons walk among us and their names are Karen. Always. Yeah, their name is, is Karen Zerby and David Berg. Um, they psycho. would lock her in the closet if she didn't do what they wanted and she would cry and scream and ricky lived right next door so he constantly heard it and according to ricky she would constantly ask him for help to try and get her out but he couldn't do anything like he he was also trapped there there's no there's nothing he could do and he reportedly had nightmares about her (gasps) and watching her be tortured literally until the end of his life poor sweetie Um, oh god poor like 
horrifying, horrifying experience. So eventually, in the early 90s, um, thinking that they could no longer control her, uh, Mene was actually institutionalized in Texas. Yes. Um, at last sighting, so the last that we have heard of her, she uh, has struggled with addiction and has struggled occasionally with being unhoused and has been institutionalized a number of times. But this is just, it's an indication of how badly she was abused. Like, totally. she has no, she had no normal life. Like, she had no sense of what the outside world was like. She had no what, chance. Like, no, what a Yeah, poor, no poor idea thing. of what a life without that level of abuse God. was like. And so there have been some really horrifyingly mean things said about her by former members where they're like, well, she's just given up. And I'm like, you tortured her. Oh <laughs> like, my God. you tortured her. Like, what are you doing? So this brings us back timeline wise to where we ended the second episode and third episode. So right now we're right around in the 80s, early 90s. And Interpol is chasing the group down for solicitation, prostitution. And because the story of Davidito was published, they are now hunting them for child sex abuse materials as well. Um, but in the midst of all this, they send out another Mo letter telling everyone to stop having sexual relations with minors and to stop flirty fishing. And it's because something made them stop. Any guesses? Other than the law? I, Other I, than the law. It was not the law. Was it Black Lightning? Is it the return it of Black, Black Lightning? It was not Black Lightning. No, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Was it, was it the death? I mean, not the one that you're thinking of. Okay, that comes much mind. later. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Um, that's all right. We'll get to it. I'm too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, turns out having a ton of unprotected sex in the 80s is a bad <gasps> idea. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Wait, okay. So uh, are you telling me that AIDS did something good? In, I mean, I'm not going to say those words. <laughs> that is not at all what I am going to say. <laughs> What I am going to say oh is that, that this was a religious group that was so controlling over their members' sexual habits that they had encouraged them to use no protection whatsoever <sighs> so that every oh baby God. they had was a blessing and they would call them Jesus babies. Oh, but gross. unfortunately, that means <gasps> that STDs were rampant. They ravaged the group and large numbers of them died of complications with AIDS, which is <gasps> extra fucked up when you remember that in the last episode, they were teaching women that they were not allowed to say no. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I blame a lot of those AIDS deaths on David Berg and Karen Zerbe. That's their fault. Big time. That is their fault. <laughs> that is bad. Big time. Yep. Mm -hmm. Not to mention STDs that like truly go untreated can like make you infertile and stuff. Yeah, oh, like absolutely. especially for women. Yes. That wow. Okay. A lot to unpack here. But also right. makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yes. Wow. Uh now in 1991, just a couple years later, and again, this is probably related to the law being on their tail. 
he directed that all copies of the Book of Davidito or the Story of Davidito be destroyed. But it is too little too late. It's already out in the world. There are still copies out there. Like, you, you can't take it back. Like, you published it and you sent it to thousands of people. <laughs> like, it's just out there. Um, but this begins the downward spiral of the group. So, flirty fishing is over. Allegedly, the sexual abuse of minors is over, but the damage has been done because some of these people who are in the group were abused for their entire childhoods and now they're adults running the group. So add to that that Karen or David Berg and Karen Zerby are still on the run. Every single country they get to, once they find out they're there, the country tries to prosecute them for their crimes. But they run into something really shitty. First and foremost... Most of the children that were abused were outside the borders of whatever country they were mm. in because they're not currently abusing anyone, allegedly. Mm. Second, most of these children couldn't name their abusers or didn't know where they were. And so they like they were abused by people who they didn't even get names for or yeah. people who have already died or people who were their parents. And now it's a conflicting choice of do I take my parents to court? And it's like, yes. But I understand that that's a difficult choice to make and it's a hard process. And finally, nearly all of the cases were outside the statute of limitations, depending on where they were. Yeah. So to date, very, very few, if any, of those children have seen justice in court. Yeah. Do we need a palate cleanser? Yes, absolutely. We need a palate cleanser. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is maybe not. Okay. This is maybe not a palate cleanser, but I do have a related, well, another weird related story. Okay. I was a okay. journalism major. Yeah. It gets weird. I was a journalism major in college and I like didn't really like journalism because I didn't like if tragedies happening, going to, ha if tragedies happen, I don't like going and knocking on people's doors and interviewing them about, about it. Yeah. For some reason, I like needed to, I was doing a story on something related to Megan's law and I had to like interview a detective. And so I go to the Fullerton police department to interview my detective and they like put me in a room and there's like another guy in the room. It's like a back room. And I'm like sitting there waiting for the detective and this detective cop officer comes out and starts screaming at the guy in the room with me. And he's like, why haven't you fucking registered? And the guy's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, you're a convicted child molester. Oh my God. And he's like, I could fucking take you. And like, he's like dropping F bomb. He's like, I could fucking take you in right now. And the guy's like, I'm like weaselly, like, I don't know, whatever. And he's like, you live within, blah, blah, blah. you're in violation of your parole. You're dead. It was like fucking crazy. And so I was like, what the fuck? I've been sitting in a room with a child molester, convicted child molester. And I go back to the newsroom and like relay this story. And my editor is like, why didn't you try to interview the child molester? And I was like, <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> And I was like, I don't think I'm going to be a journalist. I'm going to continue this <laughs> program. I'm going to do my year and a half and I'm going to be fucking not be a journalist. Like nightmare. That was yeah. weird. Anyways, that that's not a palate cleanser, Ooh. but I did just have a flashback of that. I mean, like, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my gosh. Oh, that's brutal. In, in prison, they, they slash your face in a specific way if you're a child molester. Oh I my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, good news. I've heard who works in a prison where they actually separate them out and put them in different color um, clothes because they'll get killed in Gen Pop. I I have heard yeah. through sources. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can tell Which you are... my sources. They're my dad. <laughs> I was gonna say I was like, 
I've heard some stories of COs, correctional officers, throwing in files into rooms yep. yeah. and throwing the person in with them. Yeah, yep. I've seen uh, my dad is my dad has only ever really told like two stories from prison. And it's like, well, actually, that's not true. He's told three. Wait, what, and- what was he in for it? Is that OK? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess, but I don't know. He's been in prison several different times. The only time I know for sure that he's uh, like what he went for was, I think, possession of an illegal uh, weapon. Like, cause okay. the thing he is, he stays is, possessing illegal weapons, though. Yeah, well, yeah, he's obviously I, not in for murder because he hasn't done that long of a stint. Like he does repeated. Yeah. But not, I'll yeah. say this in defense of my father. <laughs> <laughs> Once you go to prison, life becomes infinitely harder for you, and you have a whole yeah. new set of rules to follow that other people don't have to. Uh, adhere to a lot of those rules are good like maybe once you immediately get out of prison don't uh don't commit crimes for for example um some of them are shitty like uh you you're not allowed to um consort with uh known felons which can be difficult if the people that you live with are also felons or like whole squad. People, yeah, whole yeah, squad. yeah. Whole squad going yeah. to prison. Yeah. So shit, shit like that is like more difficult. One of the other things that happened is that um, an illegal weapon was found on a property where my dad was living at the time and it wasn't his, but it was easier for mm-hmm. him to take the rap than it was for the person whose actual weapon it was. And also the way that the weapon came into the possession of whoever's was in possession of said weapon was that they had found it on the street and decided to take it rather than just let it be there in the street where like a kid could find it yeah so for example like that's the only time I know my dad went to prison uh, or what he went to prison for other things are more vague or whatever also there's times where I like I didn't know my dad was in prison like I was just like why does this motherfucker keep sending me fucking cards why you keep trying to write <laughs> did you ever visit him I'm sorry if this is well torn to- uh well treaded no. territory did you, you never Isn't visited that- him no not really I would go with them but there was like other things where like uh to visit you have to have like certain identification and shit even if you're a kid and like, um, I don't even think they wanted my mom to know that he was in prison sometimes. Yeah. For so sure. like sometimes it would be this thing where like my mom would get a call and they would be like, yeah, grandma's going to come pick him up instead of instead of his dad. And then my grandma would come pick me up and I was like, where the fuck is my dad? And they're like, oh, he's like working or he's whatever. busy. Yeah. Yeah. And I... then we go to like Northern California. So I couldn't see my dad because they would, you know, they didn't have my birth certificate or anything. Cause I, and I don't have a driver's license because I'm a kid. Right. Um, and luckily he hasn't been back since I've been an adult, which is nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, he did tell me three stories from prison and I want to tell them to you. Uh, yes, and yes. Uh, the first one <laughs> is that uh, pertaining to your story that, yeah, like if you're a child molester, basically every single criminal in the criminal world thinks that you are scum of the earth. And so do like the guards and like everyone hates you, which is um, I kind of want to say understandable. I don't think violence against anybody is necessarily the right option, but yeah. it is a situation where they, yeah, you're walking into a wasp nest where everyone fucking hates your guts. Like yeah. the criminals are thinking like, what if that was my daughter? And the COs are like, you're the worst type of criminal in existence. And they are not treated fondly. And he told me that story of like them beating the shit out of a child molester. Uh, and then immediately followed it up with, yeah. And the worst 
part was they gave us these fucking peanut butter sandwiches full and that shit just had me constipated like for months <laughs> dog and i was like okay so in your mind fucking beating the shit out of a child molester and not being able to shit are on the same level of importance to you um the other story that i have and this is very quick is my dad got an entire sleeve on his arm while he was in prison with like homemade inks homemade machine whatever right. for a hot second i was like of a shirt yeah. <laughs> no, he has a full tattoo it's a, sleeve. It's a Pendleton. It's a full yeah. Pendleton. <laughs> full Pendleton. Yeah, they. What fucking... would really be funny if somebody just tattooed like the hem of a sleeve and then like the seam of the shoulder on somebody, yeah. and you're like, I yeah. have a full sleeve now. They a fucking pocket. sent Daniel Day Lewis from Phantom Thread. They sent him to prison, and he like fitted my dad up. And yeah. Shit. <laughs> um. No. 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 They. Uh. They. They got my. Uh. They. My. My dad got a sleeve. Uh. He got a sleeve. Of of like pinup girls and naked women so my also Hot. just know that my dad just has like yeah. a full tattoo of naked women a lot of titties all across his arm oh yeah they're weird too because like i saw them as a kid and so i'm like that's fucking hot do my dad have you seen my dad's elbow that's so fucking hot you have a bit about that you should make that a fucking bit that I is so funny do now, apparently. you have to hilarious that's like the first that's pair of so tits upsetting. i ever saw was on my dad's forearm that is so funny uh yeah uh, oh, well, <laughs> one of them i was like why did she have three nipples but it was a mole <laughs> oh no uh yeah so he he got that but he had one open spot on right underneath his arm and if you've ever gotten tattoos i'm it's the the bicep the inner bicep like sort of where your armpit is uh for anyone who's gotten tattoos you know that that is one of the most sensitive spots you can yeah. ever get a tattoo it's so fucking painful brutal and uh, my dad left that spot for last for obvious reasons. Um, he's covered in tattoos, by the way. He has tattoos on his fucking top of his head, neck, everywhere. But even he was like, I'm going to save that for last. Um, he also saved it for the last two days that he was getting out of prison. In the prison he was in, they had a, uh, they had a um, tradition where on your last week, they would jump you and it was like the last time that you would get jumped get in prison ju- and it's your friends that are jumping you what people don't understand about my dad is that he is as big as i am but he knows how to use his body and muscles and so seven guys jumped my dad and he beat the fuck out of oh my all God. of them but one of those guys was his tattoo artist <laughs> who was mad that he got beat he was like mad that it's like basically like the outside version of ruining a surprise party (laughs) and so like my dad was the guy was so petty that he finished up the tattoo and it's the most stupid ass looking tattoo i've ever seen where like her face looks like have you ever seen that old mcdonald's commercial with the moon man yes yeah Yeah. like creepy moon yeah yeah her her face looks like that it's just like straight up just like angular as fuck it's (laughs) sharp it's like a girl that was on like a ps2 video game that's not fully loaded in it's just so funny so So he's just got a whole arm of photorealistic woman women and then one on his armpit (laughs) that's like still buffering so she's a butter face basically (laughs) is what happened yeah that is so funny i'll say this last thing about prison okay so when i was in high school i had an uncle in prison hell yeah for murder oh okay hell no hell no hell no not bragging i'm half i'm full white but i'm half respectable white and then i'm half white trash like literally when people are like we need to abolish the police i'm like absolutely however we do need a team reserved to arrest many of my members like family (laughs) members like 
I, even I don't feel comfortable with them roaming the streets freely. Um, <laughs> so my uncle was in jail for murder at the time. And um, luckily he did die in prison um, of cancer, which is a very unglamorous way to die. He luckily. deserved it. And I say this and I, and I, he was a psycho. He deserved it. It's fine. <laughs> but at the time my dad was like sending care packages to prison. And I was like literally 16. And I was like, had to like have a conversation with my dad. And I was like, this is my biological dad. I was like, Please don't send my fucking volleyball pictures to prison. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's yes. a bad idea. Me yeah. in my booty shorts. And like, he was like, why? He's like, I find think he'd somebody like to- with a tattoo of you. He was like, yeah, he's like, I think he'd like to know what you're up to. And I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely fucking not. We're going to put a, yeah. we're going to stop that one. Um, and then he finally was like, yeah, actually, I guess I shouldn't send that. So anyways. That yeah. said, he probably sent them, and they are probably on, tattooed on somebody's. Tattooed on somebody? <laughs> Armando, have you ever looked closely at your dad's tattoos? <laughs> Do you recognize a face? <laughs> yeah, here, I'm looking at a picture one. right now. <laughs> All right, so we've got Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see over here. We've got Selma Hayek. And then a chicken in number four jersey. Oh, my God. <laughs> are you holding a state trophy? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, uh, prison anyway. can be fun. Okay. <laughs> Back to this story. Uh, so, unfortunately, unlike your uncle, they <laughs> never arrested these people. They investigated them in Argentina, Italy, Australia, Spain, France, the Philippines, and Greece. And all of those brought bad publicity. So, like, they're publicly being investigated and they would remove children from their group homes to basically like try and put them into foster situations. But there was never any evidence because they didn't they weren't like documenting. It. I mean, aside from Ricky, there's not really evidence. And so they end up having to send them back to the group homes a lot of the time. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know. One of the largest investigations actually took place in England in the early 90s when um so, like, Black Lightning stay being Black Lightning, even at this point, and the concept of deprogramming people starts to kind of gain some traction. And so there's a woman in England whose grandson was living with his mother within the group. And so she petitioned for an investigation to get her grandson back. However, even after they do a huge investigation... And they interview a number of abuse victims, including Mene, who is now a little bit older and had gotten out of the institution that she had been placed in. Um, They cite her torture specifically to be barbaric and cruel. However, they found in their investigation that seemingly all the torture and abuse had stopped. And so they allowed the boy to stay in his mother's care within the group. Now, allegedly at this time, things had stopped, but again, damage is done. (laughs) Like, it should have never happened, you know? Um, But at this point, David Berg's health was failing. He had problems with his intestines and his stomach, and he was suffering from, they believe, either Alzheimer's or dementia. And so behind the scenes, Karen Zerby actually takes over the group, and she starts writing the Mo letters pretending to be him. Um... And she kind of turns into, like, a dictator, essentially. Um, They end up spending, or at least David Berg's final years are spent, at a secret compound in Portugal. 
uh, with Ricky. They keep Ricky with them, even though he's 19 years old at the time. <gasps> oh, um, yeah. And at this point, they have a membership of about 1,200 people across the world. Now, if you remember from two episodes ago, at one point they were up to 500,000, and now they're down to 12,000. It's pretty, pretty rough, pretty big, steep drop off. But that's the result of all the other court cases and everything that are happening is that people can't avoid it in the news. And now the Children of God or the Family International, as they're called at this point, can't escape being connected to child sex abuse. Like that is synonymous with them at this point. So in 1994, David Berg dies at the age of 75. And it says of unspecified causes, but I'm thinking it's just he was old and couldn't go see doctors because he was kind of like constantly on the run. Mm. Um, so they bury him in Portugal and Karen Zerbe takes over alongside her longtime lover. See, David Berg at 75 was not necessarily truly her husband at that point. She had kept a lover for a long time and it's a man named Peter Amsterdam. And he's just like a guy from New York but then goes by King his credit. Peter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his credit is dicking down Karen Zerby, and then he goes by the name King Peter, oh, and he gross. starts to control the group's finances. So she takes over all the doctrine, he takes over the money, and they still kind of live in hiding. Um, she <laughs> starts to claim that she is a prophet and that she is getting revelations from God, and so she sent out her version of a Mo letter in 1995. And so she basically tries to like reset their sex doctrine where she's like, hey, uh, I know that we had always said God is sexy. God loves sex. God wants you to have sex. Jesus wants to have sex with you. So while you masturbate, you should visualize that you are a woman, whether you are a woman or not. And visualize Jesus having sex with you, which is the most blasphemous thing I think I've ever said. And I did not mean it. Please don't kill me. Um, <laughs> but that's what that's what she basically tells people. And at this point, Ricky, who is now like 19 or 20, is like, oh, these people are nuts. <laughs> like, this is not okay. <laughs> He hates being called Davidito. He's embarrassed of the book. He just wants out, but he's never lived on the outside world. So he doesn't really know how, what to do or how to get out. So he takes a visit to a family home outside Budapest. And he meets and falls in love with a 17-year-old girl uh, named, and I, I, it's spelled Elixia. I think it might be Alicia and just spelled different. Uh I, Alexia Munamel, uh, and she had actually been in one of the homes in Ecuador and then had been moved to Budapest. So, is it Z? Is it ZS? Is that her name? E L I X C I A. Oh. Alicia? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Mm. Anyway, they strike up a friendship uh, and kind of are trying to date. Karen Zerby will not have it. She's trying to keep them separate the whole time. They're like writing each other letters. And for five years, they kind of date long distance and try to see each other. And it's a whole thing. And they plan an escape to the United States. They successfully escape in the year 2000. 
But in the in the millennium, which I in love. the millennium, in, sorry, in uh, the millennium, according yes, to Will Smith, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and part of the way they escape is that he basically tells his mom he's going one place, and then just like cuts and runs, Tight. and then has to like sell everything he owns to try and pay for her to go. It's this like, yeah. it's a huge undertaking for them to escape. But then they I don't know. Realize that's, a, that's a classic move. I mean, I, love that. I tell I tell your mom I'm staying at your yes, place. Yes, exactly. You tell your mom tell you're, you're staying at my place. Then we do the dip. Yeah. And then we, we fucking the dip. dip out, sell all of our things, and leave the country. I love that. Yeah. Uh, now here's the problem with that though. They had never been outside. I, I mean, mm-hmm. they've been outside mm-hmm. buildings, but they had yeah. never lived in normal society. They had only lived yeah. within the cult, and they had nothing, no money. And they do find some former cult members who help them out, um, but they had no sense of how the world worked. And so they just constantly struggled where she's working odd jobs like she's studying and in school. He eventually um, becomes like an electrician's apprentice. So he kind of finds like a trade. But at best, they're making like minimum wage and they are barely scraping by in like 2002 and they make a whole new circle of friends and they basically just don't tell people that they were in a cult. So they try to like fake it for a while um, because according to Alexia, Ricky wanted to get away from everything. He stopped talking to almost all of his old friends because whenever he talked about Karen, his blood would boil. So he's just like Good. furious. He's mad, which I understand. They stole his life. Like, what do you like? Of course, you're mad. Like, you should be. And so he starts to become more and more disillusioned where he's struggling constantly. He blames the group for it. Basically, like, I didn't have a normal life. And if I had had an air quotes normal life, maybe I wouldn't be struggling right now because it's not easy it's one of the, like i it's weird to reference a fictional movie in this but uh the movie the endless i think does this really really well where they have a sequence where two characters have gotten out of a cult and they can only they basically work cleaning house and they have no money and they're like why did we leave mm. but it's this idea of like it is so hard because i'm so unprepared for this that it's just making me angry and depressed and Coming home from work one day, Ricky gets in a car accident. And allegedly, it's not a huge car accident, but people cite this as a turning point where he's basically like, I can't do it anymore. I can't just live a normal life anymore. I have to go. And he leaves, just like packs up and leaves. And he tells Alexia, I've got things that I need to take care of. And that's it. And he just packs up and leaves. He makes it to San Diego. And he starts staying with former members of the cult. And two of them are uh, girls that he grew up with in Karen and David's house. So these are girls that he would have been forced to have like abusive relationships with, um, but are now out and are kind of helping him out. And so they get him like a job. He's kind of like living on their couch. He eventually gets his own apartment and ends up working for another couple who are former members, Annika Sheberl and her husband, Ron. And they took him on as an electrician. And he basically, at this point, is grappling with how to reconcile his childhood with his adulthood. And the other former members around him kind of 
encourage him to go to the authorities like hey you should go talk to the police and he felt like no one would listen because his story was 20 years old and to be honest he is outside of statute of limitations at this point but that he has no recourse essentially which is very frustrating um so what he does instead is he starts locating other members in the area to try and get close to karen because he wants revenge yeah and yeah yeah <laughs> I, like it shouldn't make you happy because it is a very sad story but at the same time you're just like god i want someone to get their up and so bad that's uh, great and i didn't know this okay i'm, I'm really i'm now i'm riveted <laughs> okay uh so he really kind of flips the script and so every he starts reaching out to people who are still in and being like super nice like i'm so sorry i didn't mean to like run away i didn't mean for it to be this whole thing like i was wrong uh and he finds he doesn't find karen zerby but he does find his former nanny angela smith now if you remember from the last episode angela smith was one of two women who was tasked with sexually abusing him from childhood like from like toddler to early teens and she still kind of worked with the family she was still karen's secretary for a while um there are some reports that she had left the cult but she was still in very close contact with karen and she was still on the board of directors of some of the businesses that the cult owned so ricky learned that she occasionally visited family in tucson so he leaves san diego moves to tucson stays with his aunt but then gets an apartment and he basically just bides his time until he finds out that she's coming to visit he asks for time off from his job, which he had never done. And so the place where he was working was like, yeah, of course, take time off. Like, you have accrued time. Like, don't even worry about it. And he goes home and starts drinking and sets up a, they, they call it a high eight camera, but it's like a, like a camcorder, basically, okay. while playing the newest Sum 41 album. I, I don't know what they have to do with this, but go ahead. Why do? Oh my God! Why two K? Okay. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, this is go off King. Okay. This is the, yeah, this is the year two thousand two. Uh, so whatever the newest Sum Forty One album was, fat, at the time. I think that's the Fat Lip year. But okay, I th I think it is the Fat Lip year because I was trying to remember because that was my freshman year of high school, and I was like, that was huge. That album was massive. Watching so. watching Katie prepare for this comeuppance is one of my favorite things, by the way. As soon as you said this is the part where he plants his revenge, from off screen, she pulled out a fucking a oven frozen pizza, pizza and, just and it's started... just like like anxiously eating it. It's great. Yeah. She's fucking chowing down on it like it's popcorn. And then uh is that water or wine? It's it's, it's both wine um, with ice cubes. It's wine with ice <laughs> I honestly this just went from like trauma to like I'm delighted now. I'm. I mean, I'm gonna prepare you. It's still a sad story. Okay. 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 But it's yeah. still sad. But it's some forty-one so is like too funny. I'm sorry. That's the. That's the pun. <laughs> no, okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, he films, and you can watch these if you want. I find them very, very upsetting to watch. Um, but he basically films himself loading guns, <gasps> setting up knives. And he's like, yeah, they never apologized. And here's like a quote from one of the videos. Where's our apology? They're not even fucking sorry. 
all of a sudden to hear one day guess what she's fucking dead yeah somebody went to her house or fucking motorhome or whatever and poured gasoline on her lit a match and had a fucking barbecue can you imagine then i'd be able to go on with my life it's hardcore and again multiple people had suggested potentially going to therapy and he did reportedly seek out some help here and there but not necessarily consistently but he really believed that this would be the only way for him to find closure and here's the thing I don't think this is the answer I think it it is a tragedy what happens to him specifically but also he was tortured and abused his entire life and so there's a part of me that's like I get this desire i mean fuck katie you're excited to hear that there's potentially revenge coming this like is, look to me this is like the joker origin story like i get it i get it girl. yeah as i always said to the joker i get it girl <laughs> <laughs> yeah she watched joaquin phoenix who is part of this story by the That's way the creepiest yeah. part of it yes yeah yes and you're just like i get it girl you're gonna go rewatch the joker and be like <laughs> i get it even more girl. real different yes yeah yep. so he invites Angela over to talk and she shows up. She is dressed in black pants and a gray top. Uh, we know because that's how they found her body later. Uh, and he basically, uh, it sounds like from the video that his plan was just to try and find out where Karen Zerby was so he could go kill Karen. Um, but as he's talking to Angela about like, here's what you did to me. Here are all the abuses. Like, this is why my life's terrible. She didn't seem to get it, he says, that she didn't understand why she, why he was angry and didn't understand why he was angry at the group and at his mother. And he, we don't know if she refused to tell him where Karen lives or if she didn't know or if he never asked. We don't know. What we do know is that he picks up a knife and stabbed her at least five times. Um, and then also slit her throat after stabbing her five times yeah and when it was over he tossed the knife and fled the apartment and again no one has found her body yet so he just takes off down the road on i-10 into the desert toward phoenix and he calls alixia his wife several times on his cell phone the first time being at 7 15 and he confesses everything basically via voicemails like killing somebody's harder than I thought it would be like I I didn't anticipate that it would be this difficult I don't feel great about it you know basically this new some 41 album's not as good as I thought it was gonna be I thought it was gonna be Derek is not bopping the way I wanted him to <laughs> he stops at a rest stop and at this point he has now decided that he wants to attempt suicide um oh. and can't choose exactly where to um unfortunately attempt it he checks into a holiday inn express where he showers and eats some snacks and then returns to his car drives uh a little bit further away to a, an irrigation district office in an industrial area um and we don't know what happens between then and 2 a.m but that's when the calls to his wife stop he puts down the phone and then unfortunately completes suicide by shooting himself in the head. Uh, five hours later, a man finds his body. 
um, and they kind of connect the dots of of what happened. <sighs> Holy yeah. shit! Yes. Um, unfortunately, all of his friends who had kind of helped him along the way, all of the former you know people who had left who had helped him like stay with them, they all thought they were worried that he could potentially complete suicide, but they didn't think that he was trying to murder someone, and so they're all super upset and super sad about it um and as the news story comes out so do his videos because he managed to send those videos to a friend before he started uh to kill angela so those videos make it to the media and the cult immediately fights back against what he says in those videos where they start putting out videos of him as a child laughing and playing and claiming that they never did anything to him okay i want to just pause here really quickly yeah go for it to talk about y2k technology and the oh commitment it took yep to you send know how long that would have taken to upload those videos first you yep. had to get a cable yep. you had to clunkily connect to yep. and at this point i mean that was like a 24-hour upload absolutely that because so this is like i was making videos in high school uh a couple years later and it would take like 12 hours and stuff so like even earlier than that this would have been like a 24-hour upload we're actually you know the video is hours long we're assuming upload we're assuming this wasn't a drop off the little mini tape no he you know, does he does email upload. it which is even crazier because i'm oh like God. you would have had to find a place to host it to email the link <laughs> like this would have been a whole thing like there's no we transfer there's no that's Google dedication Drive. that is true dedication yes. and i'm yes. not trying to make light of it but truly you guys if you didn't live through the era you don't understand what a pain in the ass that would have been well this was meticulously planned and and essentially like he plans it all out until the moment when he completes what he thinks he's there to do and gets very conflicted about it and upset about it and to be honest it's because like hey you're you're not a murderer <laughs> like that's not who you are like the people who tortured you were horrible and they did horrible things that doesn't mean that you should do horrible things or that you have the emotional detachment i would say to do horrible things and have it not affect you you know yeah well oh see the problem God. is is that this was in an era before disney channel's original film high school musical that told <laughs> us to be ourselves you're not a murderer and you're it said we're all in this together we're all yeah. in this together you're not a murderer you're an actor trapped in a basketball player's body oh <laughs> <laughs> this is so sad it is, it is so sad I'm so now sorry. here's Ugh. the the upside to it because the group does try to argue that everything he says is false but here's the thing there's already too many other people who are like it's all true it, it happened to me too every it was all true so there's already enough accounts that people know about it and so all of the news coverage of ricky rodriguez's um Mur the murder he committed but then also unfortunately taking his own life uh the bad press from it never really goes away and mm. so they go from the twelve thousand already down from half a million twelve thousand to currently according to a recent count of the family international it is now online only and consists of only about <laughs> 19 yeah but only about 1900 members worldwide and they do not include any current sexual aspects in their doctrine. So while they're not completely gone, they are a shell of their former selves. 
and they can't keep followers to save their lives. And that's the end of the story for now, I would say. Uh. I'm sorry it was so sad. I also definitely would have wanted to hear about Karen Zerby, like revenge against Karen Zerby, but it is not what we get, unfortunately. So basically everyone died before they, there was no evidence and everyone died basically before they could be convicted. Uh, no, because Karen Zerby's still alive. <gasps> yeah, she's still walking the walking the earth. Hold it on, is in my mind. She's still dead. Do we know where she is? Uh, let me find out. Well, hold on. Okay. Uh, she... You're drunk. You're drunk on wine and oven pizza. <laughs> I and sure am. Me, do we know where we? Sh- do we know where she? Do is? we have coordinates? She, I just yeah, want to. I'm just curious. She's currently 75. Uh, she's 75 and married to a man named Stephen Douglas Kelly, who is the same guy who uh, was like King Peter. There have been a couple different name changes and weirdness. Um, but yeah, she's still alive. She's still kicking. She's laying low, but she's still kicking. Sorry to disappoint. What the fuck? Yeah. I I need some oven pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Now I thought the alcohol would help, but now I'm just drunk and sad. I know, but you do have that sandwich in the fridge. No, I ate it. I ate it in between the episodes because I was like, well, it's only going to get better, right? <laughs> no. Now I'm saying These fucking crazy ass fucking people are so. What? Yep. <sighs> yeah. I'm sorry. And I don't know if this makes it worse for you or not, Katie, but we haven't gotten a new Sum 41 project in a minute. I think. <laughs> and that's the real tragedy here yeah actually let me do some research on that real quick because i <laughs> am unsure some 41 uh some 41 is a canadian rock band originally called casper was formed in 1996 no way no way what they disbanded oh, what they have a new they had a new album come out last year yeah i knew about that it was like a whole thing yeah order and decline and it was it was uh awarded the juno award or no it was nominated for the juno award rock album of the year slash best album to get a canadian girl pregnant to (laughs) (laughs) okay there's just been a lot for me to process here starting with that and that that album information (laughs) yep 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 okay if you guys were gonna kill someone, yeah, <laughs> like anyone on earth, no. Oh, oh. The question is, what is the soundtrack? Uh, oh, oh, okay. Ooh, definitely um... order and decline the 2019 <laughs> album <laughs> from Canadian rock band Sum 41. Oh man, I, I because, feel like because okay. the lead single was called "Out for Blood." Oh my, oh my god the I... second single was called a death of the family it's the perfect album for murder oh my god i think i have to go like and this is so stupid but like just because i feel like i would want to score it as like a movie trailer i either have to go miserly with dick dale uh like kind of like pulp fiction or that coheed and cambria song they're like yeah to be honest those are psychopath answers um right Right? that's like creepy yes okay okay i'm I'm going if you want a real answer for a song i'm going fucking 
I'm going theme song from Succession. Oh yeah, wait, sing. Okay, now sing it now. <laughs> the remix. Who's uh, gonna get the kiss from Daddy? It's Succession. <laughs> Who's gonna get it? Oh man, Daddy's money not <laughs> as important as his love. Succession was filmed Succession. in front of a live studio. <laughs> I'm going. Mm. Um, I'm, I had to look up Marshall Mathers LP. Oh, no. or yes. When I was just a little baby boy, my mama used to take me. Crazy. Okay, anyways, uh, Marshall Mathers LP or Jagged Little Pill. I Ooh. misheard you the first time, and I thought you said the Marsha Miller EP. No, <laughs> like, who the fuck is Marsha, and why is she so aggressive? Marshall <laughs> Mathers, Mr. LP. Marshall Mathers LP. Um, like yeah wait is that that was his second album no oh my god i'm sorry guys i'm really embarrassed <laughs> i'm sorry i besmirched the name like of literally cut that up. no it really okay no it was that was correct okay because there was slim shady then marshall mathers then m and m show okay i just um, found out that uh this might not be interesting to anyone but me but if you listen to my name is the m song where he says uh what my name is chicka chicka slim shady if you reverse it, if you like play that in reverse, it's him saying it's Eminem. <laughs> but wow. then also, uh, go to the mall, worship the devil. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious. Go listen because somebody pointed it out and I was like, no. And then I found it. By the way, you could just look up any Eminem song in reverse and it is in full on YouTube is a fun thing I figured out. I listened to the song backwards. And uh, when it gets to the point where he says, my name is what Slim Shady, it's uh, if you play it in reverse, he just it's him saying it's Eminem. That's what those syllables sound like in reverse. It's him saying it's Eminem. So it's backwards and forwards. It's Eminem. It's Eminem. Either way you cut it. It's Eminem. Interesting. <sighs> well. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I'm going to go. Sorry, I'm going to go, go get drunk and fall asleep to get over this. <laughs> That's that's a good idea. Uh, I I need to find some sort of uh, pizza shaped food. Hopefully that <laughs> also tastes like pizza. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah yeah. What is a this is I don't this just popped into my head and it's useful to no one. But is a pie just a sweet Chicago deep dish? Or is a Chicago deep? Well, I guess they call it a pie. Huh? They call it a pie. I always think of it more like a casserole. Mm, that's because it is. It's not pizza. Come at me, Chicago. I'll fuck you up. I, I fucking love Chicago deep dish. I will not throw any bows over this. So No, I love Chicago deep dish, but I won't add the word pizza after it. Fine. It's a tomato cheese casserole. Katie, that don't is true. fucking make that fail. Okay, no, I, I agree. I, agree I was just thinking back to having one and how I was like, the, the physics don't match of like the crust cannot sustain the cheese right you know so you have to eat it with a fork absolutely love it katie where can people find you subscribe to my channel on youtube at laugh cry diy i do diy decor for cheap horse and you can find me on my website katiefrench.com um and find all the socials and all the things i'm up to sick uh hey if you oh, and watch find- us on amazon prime on the on in the, the fall yeah yeah that thing watch yeah, armando it comes and out. i on laugh after dark on amazon prime sometime it's coming out sometimes they say in the fall 
Hell yeah. I mean, just I'm keep drunk. checking. I'm sorry. It's okay. We're all drunk <laughs> except for Paige. Who yeah, is, I have to I mean, experience this sober. Yeah, I've I've done this. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Paige. Paige and I have both done this level of deep research on very troubling, awful, awful, terrible shit before. It is its own type of intoxication. Ugh. It's drunk on forbidden knowledge. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you just wish you could give it back. <laughs> yeah. Like... Yeah, exactly. It's it's absolutely fucking terrible. Um, yeah. If you want to follow me on social media, I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all that fun stuff. At Mondo does stuff. M-A-N-D-O does stuff. All one word. Uh, yeah, go check out my Instagram to see what new shit I got coming up. Uh, I love you so much. Thank you. And goodbye. Mwah. Uh, Hey, it's your girl Paige. I'm, I'm here all the time. Unfortunately, uh, wish I wasn't <laughs> these past couple days. <laughs> this has been brutal. Um, if you want to send me frozen pizzas, you could <laughs> contact me on Twitter at Paige Wesley or on Instagram at rampage wesley also on tiktok at rampage wesley uh yeah send me frozen pizzas and help me quell my sorrows with carbs i love you all bye if you want to follow the show you can do so on instagram at colt podcast or on twitter at colt podcast show you can also send us an email to colt podcast show at gmail.com or if you actually want to send us frozen pizza, you can send that to 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237, like, like the, the shining. shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. That's the first one I haven't been opposed to. Um, yeah, right. Before we go, two quick things. We have a Patreon. You can go to coltpodcast.org. We have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash coltpodcast. Check out all the tiers and rewards that we have there, but also... Former uh, member of the show, Andrea Gazetta, has a Patreon. You can go check her, uh, her the link in her bio on Instagram, at Andrea Gazetta on Instagram, or at Sundress Comic on Twitter, and uh, find her Patreon. She's doing a bunch of really cool shit, tutorials, explanations, uh, and then some digital and a few physical rewards as well. So go check that out. Help support her. She's a fantastic artist, and she's doing a great job. Yay. And I think for this one, I'm going to say don't drink the sweet goblet of revenge. I, I mean, no. I don't know. But I do drink of... this fucking tequila in a can because I am <laughs> Do you drink tequila in a can or wine with ice in it? I, w I just want to say I, I, I'm so lit and I had <laughs> a, a quarter of a glass of wine filled with ice cubes. <laughs> It so is. definitely drink what Katie's drinking. I'm telling you, it's the knowledge that you shouldn't know. It's oh, getting you drunk in a different oh, way. God. Get a box of Franzia wine. Take the bladder <laughs> out. Put it under your shirt so that the tube comes right out of your neck hole. And then just like sip on that until the pain goes away. Yeah. And you can do that anywhere. You can do that at work right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. Yeah.